घी नहीं खाना मीठा नहीं खाना एंड स्टिल स्ट्रगलिंग विद हेल्थ इशूज मेंटल इम्बैलेंस ट्रेस लूजिंग आउट the shine on their skin and things like that hi i am alok and i'm your host at fitterobic welcome to fitness pro chat the podcast by fitterobic Welcome to Fitness Pro Chat by Fitterobic. If you're looking to improve your health and well-being to lead a healthy, fit and fulfilling life, whether you're an amateur or a professional athlete, this podcast is for you. Chitta vritti nirodha which means yoga is the settled state of the mind. Swasmin dishati iti swastha which means one who always remains united with the self is a healthy person. These two verses describe the connection between yoga and ayurveda. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all. I am joined today by multi-talented Apeksha Nauteyal for Fitness Pro Chat with Pitaro. Apeksha wears multiple hats. She is a yoga teacher, practicing therapeutic yoga, mindfulness coach, spiritual counselor, chakra healer, ayurvedic nutritionist and a writer. Today Apeksha and I will try to decode how the relationship between yoga and ayurveda can be leveraged to keep ourselves disease free. Welcome to the show Apeksha. Thank you so much. Hello everyone. Apeksha first of all I would want to understand about your journey as a professional because I came to know that you were part of the corporate world. So how did you transition from your professional journey to the world of yoga ayurveda and chakra healing so as you rightly said uh, i've been i've been an hr and i used to work in the it industry for a while but i transition i left that job not exactly for yoga uh, like all of us most of us in it industry once we join and once we understand jobs we want to do something on our own and i had a passion for fashion which i took up and i actually was a fashion stylist after that and which was also a very uh, satisfying and flourishing business and uh, then we started a family so i wanted to take a break and while i was doing all of this i was always practicing yoga so i was always a yoga practitioner even when i was working in the corporate and uh, after fashion industry although i would have loved to probably get back to it i felt the need to give a complete time to my son and the lifestyle the fashion lifestyle wasn't permitting that for me and i took that conscious break and while i was on that break i just i think yoga just happened to me it it was a kind of full unintentional thing that i was doing i just used to go for practicing but slowly i just kept getting deeper and deeper i think i was practicing the right ways which is why the whole spiritual pull happened and uh, while my son was small then i started getting more involved into yoga and i did my teachers training courses and that is when i felt that this is a path that i would like to pursue more having okay. said that i think i was 100% destined to do it because one i am genetically himalayan so main hu pahadi main himalaya se hu so uh, and i've been i've grown up in dehradun So I have always been surrounded by a lot of spiritual energies, a lot of yogis, and my father has been a mountaineer and trekker of the Himalayas all his life. Wow! And Amazing. we had a lot of footfall of a lot of spiritual people from all over the world, just in our house uh-huh. in Dehradun. So I have absorbed a lot of that throughout my life, and so I think I was 
always meant to do that. But this is how the journey happened. Since then, I've never looked back. I think once I was involved in it, consciously involved in it, uh, it was it was very easy for me to just keep going ahead because uh, there was no confusion. I had a lot of clarity of what I wanted to do and I was able to translate it into work. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've been a little slow with it. But yeah, I've been on the journey and uh, a lot of things that I've learned throughout my life are now being used and put into practice and I can connect the dots of, you know, why it happened and this is what I was meant to do. So now happily doing that. Absolutely. I want to understand about very important thing here, which is you are an expert in Ayurveda. You are a nutritionist. Expert, but yeah, I know you, enough, hopefully. <laughs> Not in Ayurveda, okay. in yoga so maybe. You, you, yeah, so you are an expert in yoga. You are an uh, expert Ayurvedic nutritionist. Okay. <laughs> and how did you marry both the different aspects of things? When did you decide that, okay, now I am a yoga expert. Now let me try and learn more about Ayurvedic. So honestly, why, how Ayurveda happened was I was teaching yoga for a while. And as a yoga teacher, now the truth is that everybody is coming to you for losing weight. Everyone yes. just wants to lose weight. That is why people join yoga classes. And uh, I just felt that losing weight is never a single uh, process. It is not only about exercise, it is about your mental health, it, it is about your diet and nutrition, which is why yes. I wanted to understand a little more of nutrition so that I can help my clients. That was the purpose. And then I found this Ayurvedic nutritionist course and I and uh, although a lot of information is available online and, you know, through various uh, books and texts and so much reading material, authentic reading material, but personally I have always been a person who likes to learn from a teacher so mm -hmm. since my childhood i have just been like give me a good teacher and i'm sorted like i don't want to read books i want to understand the implication which and i want to ask questions when i'm reading a book i can't ask questions i want that clarity true. True. so i true. like to have good teachers and luckily the first one i found is a, was amazing so I joined this Ayurvedic nutritionist course and through that, uh, it was so enlightening. Uh, more than uh, becoming interested in the nutrition part of it, just to understand the essence of Ayurveda and the depth of Ayurveda was uh, so amazing for me. Of course, now I, I do help clients with the nutrition part as well. But uh, more than that, it is a very self-awareness journey. The way Ayurveda explains, and uh, I didn't marry Ayurveda and yoga. I think they've it, they have been. In fact, they are called sister sciences. So there's also okay. a very interesting uh, story about Kapil Muni, who's uh, a okay. very famous ancient saint and a sage yes. and very learned person, basically. And Kapil Muni is said to have full knowledge about yoga as well as Ayurveda, and he devised yoga for spiritual journey of people and Ayurveda to deal with lifestyle, not nutrition, health, yeah. to keep the yeah. body healthy and then to keep yoga was for, to keep the mind and to uh, achieve higher spiritual goals. And Kapil Muni came up with the whole thing and uh, so that 
it's the source is the same. So yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences and more than being sister sciences, I think what we need to understand that they're both sciences. Yes. So this is again somewhere that I feel people fail to accept these as proper sciences because they are so used to the modern definition of science or medicine due to various reasons. But everything that has been given in yoga or in Ayurveda, in our ancient uh, texts, all of it has proof, has been experimented and experienced. So yoga is considered to be existential, experiential and experimental. So all these three E's, which basically it today what we are seeing in society is only a proof of it. Now, when we say yoga is existential or even Ayurveda for that matter, it just basically it has been there for thousands of years and till today it is relevant. If you see science, they've gone through so many changes. Everything that was true, say 20 years back may not be true today. But that's that's true when it comes to yoga and Ayurveda which is why they are existential sciences. That no matter what the time is, no matter who you are applying it to, it will hold true. And you have true, to experience true. it. Second thing is experiential. Yes, It is all experiential. You have to experience it. And every person's experience might be different, which is why people fail to see it as a science. But both these things true. are so customized. Ayurveda especially is so unique and so customized that there is no one size fits all. So if there is someone who comes with a cuff to an Ayurveda doctor, two people come with the same kind of symptoms, they will never get the same kind of medicines. Because both the body types are different, your doshas are different, your prakriti is different. So you mm-hmm. cannot give the same medicine because sure. it won't sure. act in the same way because you are different people, physically different, mentally different. So I feel that is one part that is missing from medical science also, I would say, because uh, it's like it's the same medicine for everyone. But they are treating the symptoms, Ayurveda, even yoga, uh, whatever we are trying to do in both the cases, we are looking at the causes of the disturbances. And when you deal with the causes, that's when you find a permanent solution, you restrict the disease from happening. Yeah, yes. I didn't marry them. They were already sisters. <laughs> no, and that's brilliantly put together. And uh, so that helps me to ask you another question because you talked about uh, dosha or prakriti are different in different individuals and each of them require different treatments. And obviously Ayurveda has different approach to each of them. So how exactly you are able to create a holistic approach for your client using Ayurveda and yoga together? So honestly, yoga is not a medicinal science, right? Yeah. But we are using yoga for therapy. So yoga okay. was never designed. The purpose of yoga was never to treat diseases. It wasn't. The purpose Absolutely. of yoga yes. was always to achieve higher spiritual goals. Yoga purpose is union and union with the higher self, right? Absolutely, yes. That is not the purpose that people are practicing yoga for today, in today's life. True, true. Having said that, I do not say that it is wrong to practice yoga for only physical benefit. Feel free. Uh Yoga is there for everything. If your purpose is only physical benefit, 
please go ahead and practice yoga like that having said that if you are practicing it correctly because the way yoga is designed it is to align your body when you align your body and your physical body is in the correct alignment your pranic energy will flow in the correct alignment when yes. that happens that will trigger spirituality in you if there is no escape yeah, yeah. so whether you like it or not if you're practicing correctly it it will eventually happen in its own way and in its own time you don't have to push it i don't push any of my clients but you see you see that change in your thought process in your lifestyle and it happens through physical it can happen through physical and uh, even if you see the yoga the ashtang yoga all the angas meditation and uh, mindfulness all these come much later uske pehle aapne asan pranayam karna hi hai because that's the process you start with the physical because the physical is the most gross that is what you can see you can feel you can touch and that is what you can first easily control true when you true. start to get that into alignment other things happen on their own step by step absolutely yes so how we help people by aligning when people go to an ayurved practitioner or, or an ayurvedic doctor for they go for healing for some disease ayurved was designed for disease management absolutely but we use yoga as therapeutic support for treating the ailments because ultimately what is ayurved ayu is life ved is knowledge so it is the knowledge of life we are absolutely ayurved yes. is trying to tell you how to live a good healthy life of True. course there is disease management in it but for a healthy life you include yoga so agar aapko koi disease hai anything you take any in fact in yoga interestingly the cause of every ailment every disease is said to be in the mind it starts from the mind so if you really dig deep whether it is the slightest of even something as simple as a underlying cause will always be mental if you know that ice cream is not good for you you still chose to eat it you know it's not right you are choosing yeah. to do it there is a mental disturbance that causing you to do it to do something that you know which is not right so uh, yoga is always about the deeper aspect and ayurved also is always about getting to the cause so yogic practices are a good support for ayurved treatments as well because you need to the whole body needs to work together towards healing True, so true, healing can true. never be just at as a at a physical level or only medicinal yes. you have to include a lot of lifestyle changes in Absolutely. smaller ways and that's where yoga helps so an ayurvedic doctor who's trying to do it the right way and give you lifestyle changes will definitely give you breath work maybe a few asanas or ask you to join a good authentic yoga class and that helps that helps your body come to terms with whatever is going on you become more mindful and then the medicines also react differently within your body true, so that's true. how holistic treatment works and therapeutic yoga if you would have seen in my profile also i don't do therapy uh, in groups i don't do group therapies i do only personal uh, sessions okay. for yogic therapy okay. because because i certainly believe that therapy is a very deep uh, science to do and i include a, i cannot again every person is different every person's need is different 
and i am yes. not looking at treating only the physical part yes so when i do therapy sessions they are only one on one sessions and uh, healing happens one on one only so i True. believe in that and that is why i have designed my module work module like that having said that common diseases can definitely be taken in groups like if somebody is trying to do asanas for pcod pcos diabetes heart patients things like that you can do group classes nothing wrong with that but for me therapy is a deeper level uh, science and i would like to really heal at all levels for which i feel personal time is more essential absolutely so my understanding is most of the modern day programs especially nutrition programs are derived mm-hmm. from ayurvedic nutrition way of or our approach so i need your help to correct my understanding if it is uh, right or wrong second i would also want to understand more on how exactly the approaches different in modern nutrition programs versus ayurvedic nutrition programs i would say yes and no to your question first both uh, that okay. to some extent yes they are derived from basics of ayurvedic nutrition however most of them are not following the ayurvedic principles in making nutrition plans because uh, most of them from what i have observed are one size fits all yeah true so true. you make a module and you're like and especially all these new diets and fads trends which are happening uh, very interestingly uh, and we discussed this so many times in our ayurvedic courses that you know something starts trending and you're like okay having soaked almonds in the morning is good for health you saw it you believed it and you started it nobody yeah. takes a pause and what is mindfulness this is what where yoga or mindfulness comes in or even ayurveda now uh, nobody pauses to think okay this is good for health but do i need it if i'm already True. feeling healthy yeah, living a yes. great life i am yeah. having no problems there is no ailment there is no issue uh-huh. why do i want to add something to my diet just like that because it's trending or because somebody said or youtube said or instagram said and uh, that's where i think mindfulness is important more than what to follow there's so Very much going good. on and everything must be applicable to a certain person now where modern nutrition fails i feel is that uh, one i feel it is a temporary approach because the trend keeps changing and then you keep changing your program wait so uh, yes two it is not customized like i said in ayurveda it is an ayurvedic nutritionist will not give the same diet chart to mm-hmm. two three different people uh, all three want to just lose weight say or all three have the same okay. ailment that they want to deal uh-huh. with uh-huh. all three will 100% not get the same diet chart from an ayurvedic nutritionist because we cannot do it because first we will figure out your body type and every single body type is different i mean this is the magic of creation i would say no two people are the same so even if most of your qualities match even if you are twins you are not the same Absolutely, how can you yes. treat how can you treat everybody as the same this is my question so and this is what fascinated me about ayurveda it is so customized so where modern nutrition is failing is here 
I don't think they have enough knowledge to customize as per the requirement of the clients. And once they start doing it, they can give more permanent and sustainable solutions in terms of diet to their client. And we have a lot of modern nutritionists, clinical nutritionists who come for the yeah. Ayurvedic courses. And after uh-huh. the courses, they themselves, even their testimonials say that, uh, you know, that they themselves feel it has added so much to the way they are treating and looking at the clients now. So, yeah, they might have been derived from Ayurveda maybe a few, but I don't think practically any modern nutritionist, unless they've studied Ayurveda, is able to really customize and make plans in a sustainable, more informed way. You know, it will be very interesting to understand the approach as an Ayurvedic nutritionist. And you Mm -hmm. you talked about uh, two different individuals will always have two different requirements. And this is something which I also believe uh, to a larger extent and uh, I mean with various experts that I have spoken with in the past, most of them have talked about it. Yes, each individual has their own requirement and it will vary. Diets for each individual will vary. So how exactly would you approach as an Ayurvedic nutritionist to cater to the needs of two different individuals? So uh, the best part is that Ayurveda has made it very simple. Uh, okay. There are this concept. So basic level is very simple. Of course, in depth, if you go into disease management, there is a lot more to learn in that. But as Uh a very base level, as a nutritionist, you understand. So the concept of doshas is given. All of our bodies have three main doshas. And all these three, everyone has all three. But everyone has one dominant. Now... Uh And it has been explained so well that if you actually understand it, you can just look at a person and roughly judge what dosha must be dominant in the person just by looking because so many characteristics of a certain thing are given and explained. (laughs) You start from there, you ask and an Ayurvedic doctor will ask you a lot of questions if you've noticed or consulted. Because they want to figure out what what are your dominant true, doshas. True, then true, there is, true. of course, there is Nadi Pariksham where you, you know, check the pulse uh, and you see at the present which dosha is yes. dominant. Not as a nutritionist, but of course, Ayurvedic doctors of this. So first you start with figuring out what what is the actual body type or dominant dosha. What's the Prakruti? Next concept is Vikruti, which is... Uh, prakriti of a person, something okay. like your core personality, which is based on what originally you used to be. What is your original okay. form? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. there are lots of questions. You can just answer questions. You will find enough quizzes online also that do it. Uh, you just answer those questions based not on your present, but what is your usual. Like if there was a time in your life, hopefully there was a time in your life where you were absolutely healthy, no ailments, no nothing. Maybe as a teenager, that tells us your prakriti. Vikruti is what you've done to it. So you might have been as a child, a very healthy, active child, and now you feel very lethargic. Now you have gained weight. So all these are because of bad lifestyle. Originally, you were not a lazy person. Some people are originally also lazy. So their kapha dosh is dominant. So likewise, you figure out the personalities, you figure out the prakriti, you figure out the vikruti, and you see what... now. When you know the prakriti and vikruti of a person, you will know that, okay, this person has maybe 
fire element more dominant or the fire digestifier is not working fine other symptoms hair loss maybe graying of hair so many things skin you see all of these things and you figure out the physiology of the person the dominant yeah. dosha and you figure out what is going on right now and accordingly you give them the do's and don'ts in diet so it's not like i start giving recipes if if a person has really good fire and wants to have sweet i will tell them you know it's okay to have sugar but if a true, person true. needs sugar energy in their diet but the digestive fire is not that great i will suggest jaggery to them because jaggery is heating and that uh-huh, person uh-huh. needs more heat now and so many basic things in ayurved diet that uh, you know we keep making reels on it whenever we get time so many basic things that we are doing wrong on a daily basis now i have been lucky enough that i grew up with my grandmother whose family uh-huh. has been into yoga and ayurved and uh, astrology palmistry all of these uh-huh, things uh-huh. so and she was always a gardener like we never saw her in the house so i have okay. grown up eating only home grown stuff wow. so whatever principles that i learned in ayurveda i realized that i was lucky enough that i lived that lifestyle as a child so today my health tells me this although now i'm living in a city and a different lifestyle but yeah. i see myself not falling ill so much and you know skin is fine all of these things and it's because the base what i got as a child yes. was done so correctly for me without yes. my knowledge thankfully thanks to my mother and others in the house uh, we absolutely all the things that you know my grandmother would say we were just we do we didn't know their ayurvedic concepts now that i learned ayurveda i realized oh she used to say this so I, you realize that you know that generation had so much of cultural wisdom ayurveda is a life science and it was part of the lifestyle of people from that generation nobody exactly. had to teach anyone every house was following true. this every house was true. finishing dinner before sunset every house Very was true. waking up early before sunrise doing their puja every house dincharya was absolutely correct yes and somewhere we have just for whatever reason maybe western influence so many other things happening we just lost out on that connect with our own culture otherwise these are Very things true. that were never taught these are things every household knew <laughs> so i hope oh, you yeah, see yeah, that yeah. time again I hope we are able to give enough for people to just switch back and connect, reconnect to our culture because there's so much wisdom in it. And very like true, I said, it's true. existential. It will always be applicable. It will never go out yes. of fashion or out of trend. Brilliantly put together, explained a lot, especially in terms of our culture. Because yes, I feel we are somehow culturally deprived right now. Uh, moving or losing touch with our ancient culture of also because we migrated a lot way too that could also be the reason because obviously there are a lot of modernity that has crept in our lifestyles have changed so if you go back to the villages you'll find that they are still practicing all of these things way too actually yes. knowledge wise they have more knowledge than us in terms of diet yes. and healthy lifestyle true true and then each of this even in modern nutrition science most of the things that are prescribed are very much 
picked up from what we used to do or what people in villages eat right i right. mean we today we are talking about millets and we are even celebrating international year of millet and all of that <laughs> the government has to promote it millet has been the staple diet for everyone in india everyone many many everyone. ages Yes. Right. With modernity and different types of grains, especially the gluten-free uh, products and all of that, uh, there is a lot that has changed in the way we eat food right now. So, with that, I uh, have another question for you, which is on food. And when we talk about food, so obviously Ayurveda looks at food in a different way. I would say when I say different, it moves more from the medicinal and then the nutritional aspect of curing diseases so how do you bring out some of the key food items which ayurveda considers that every human being should consume almost on a daily basis staples you are saying so yeah. one small correction uh sure. ayurved does not look at food as medicinal ayurved okay. does two things so sure. uh, in i i cannot tell you the shloka but i know the meaning so let's go with that uh yeah. ayurved is teaches you two things uh, okay. one a person who is healthy how to eat the right things and stay healthy maintain your health yes a person uh-huh. who is unhealthy how to treat the diseases and make them healthy yeah these two things right so treatment of diseases is one part of ayurved otherwise like i said ayurved the knowledge of life life how to live a correct uh, if you follow ayurvedic principles basically you will not need a doctor that is the purpose of ayurved but if Amazing. you fall ill then of course there is medicinal the whole medicinal science yeah, there are in yeah. fact much deeper than modern medicine if i yes. may add all right so let's come to step how ayurveda looks at food first of all a very basic thing that's going so wrong with people these days it they they are they are not enjoying food they are stressing so much over food that the stress is impacting their gut and no matter uh-huh. how healthy they are eating their gut will feel disturbed because of the stress that healthy food will also not be digested properly by yeah, your system yeah. because you are so stressed about it uh, you will see a lot of people who enjoy food a lot and maybe don't pay so much of attention to what they are eating but are still healthy and a lot uh-huh, of people uh-huh. who are maybe so conscious about how much quantity how much carbs how much protein how much this that ghee nahi khana meetha nahi khana and uh, still struggling with you know health issues mental imbalance stress losing out the shine on their skin and things like that so i think stress has become the biggest part how you look at food is so important and ayurved not only talks about the food ingredients but the emotion that goes into the food while cooking it uh, not only that ayurved goes as deep as when the seed was planted when the seed was planted of that uh uh-huh. food item uh-huh. what emotion with what emotion it got planted what wow. nourishment that tree got and that tree gave you a certain fruit yes so it is not just about kitne pesticides gaye 
It is about what emotion you are putting it because you are eating that emotion. It is going inside you. True. true so how true. you are cooking the food is important. Where you are getting your food from is important. So many things. That's why I said it. It is so deep and so fascinating. Uh, if people actually get to a, uh, just are triggered in the right way, it will increase their uh, curiosity on its own because it's so beautifully. explained and so much in depth and you understand everything in that much of depth not just food yourself your body and it's more about self awareness than anything else once you understand food what basically ayurveda says everything is made out of five elements which is okay. true right everything is made of five elements the panchadhatus yes. yes and in different proportions what you are trying to do is understand okay my body five elements which element is more which element is less and what i have to yes. do similarly you see food also like that you don't see it as carbs and protein and how much so ayurveda says for a healthy body and a healthy life all rasas should be included in your diet so you should have salt you should have sugar you should have little bit of bitterness you should have astringent all tastes all these rasas okay. should be a part of your diet of your daily diet but in what proportion is what you understand your body and you see which is required more for your body which is required less but you include everything and you make your gut so strong that by chance for whatever reason now that the lifestyle is such that you're traveling or you need to eat out even if there are not ideal choices and if you talk about ideal it's very difficult to get ideal today Uh, yeah, because yeah. then ideal means i grow my own food and then i the moment i want to make sabzi i take it from my garden yes. so uh, that is not possible for everyone today true, so next true. best thing you eat local you eat pesticide free you try to promote local farmers and local vendors and things like that so everything is possible all of it is covered in uh, ayurveda important food items now like i said people are so stressed about food and so busy following new trends all the time but certain things ayurved definitely i would say lives by <laughs> one is ghee ghee is the most important healthy fat that is required in certain quantity uh, in everyone's uh, diet and cows ghee has been considered as amrit in ayurved because they yeah. use it for so many therapies for yes. so many medicinal treatments so ghee to have ghee in your diet is very important uh, one it is a very healthy fat and uh, healthy fat is required one for your bones to be well lubricated so all these people who have a lot of joint issues you know mm-hmm. bones may dard all of these things it happens because of lack of lubrication and yes. ghee solves that uh, to a great extent Okay. Second, ghee is very important for your gut health. It's okay. a very okay. important ingredient for keeping a healthy gut because it is the healthy fat which you need yeah. in your body. Yeah. Also, most part of our brain is made of fat. I don't know how many uh-huh. people uh, know that. Yes, but uh, fat is required. Now, besides other benefits like. luster on your skin lubrication basically not just for your bones even to have a healthy skin and basically have healthy lubricated body ghee is the best option for healthy fat True. again True. the problem is that that ghee should be cow's ghee 
and that cow should not be artificially inseminated. So you're going yes. to have to find out the correct source and then consume that ghee. Included in diet, again, ghee is far better for health than any other saturated oils. So uh, preferably, if you can include ghee more and oils less, that also helps because ghee is absorbed by the body the best. Um, ghee is one thing that I would uh, definitely swears by. Uh, like I said, uh, you will also notice that people who start going on absolutely fat-free diets, their mental yeah. processing becomes slow. They will yes. become, they will start to become dull. They will start to uh, become a little lost and disoriented because uh, your brain, most part of your brain is made of fat. You need yeah. fat for a good functional brain, also carbs. So when carbs. you go on a carbs-free, fat-free diet, your brain is not getting nutrition. You're not supplying enough to your brain and you will start, it will start having impact on your body and therefore impact on other functions. So even your skin will start becoming dull. You'll uh, you'll look more weak than thin. So we must look at all these things when we try to follow these trends. You know, especially things like keto and a uh, weight loss. I'll, not just weight loss, with anything else. I think today's problem is time. People want everything fast. Yes. They want everything fast. Uh, you took ten years to gain ten kgs of weight, but you want to lose it in like one month. <laughs> You, you can't, logically it makes no sense. You know, Absolutely. you can lose it in one month and then you'll gain it in another two months. So what are you doing Absolutely. to your body? Absolutely. You just need to be Absolutely. more mindful about it and be more patient. Learn, give yourself time. time. Uh, mindfulness is also mostly about that. Uh, people are not giving time. Okay. And the concept of mindfulness today, even modern nutrition programs also talk about it. So be good to understand how exactly as a ayurvedic nutritionist you view mindfulness the whole science is based on mindfulness because it's only about understanding your body and becoming mindful about what you True. eat so what is being mindful basically mindful is not just it's it's not about sitting in meditation and yeah. you know thing that is not mindfulness uh, that is a technique to become mindful but uh, being mindful is you are just aware of why you are doing what you are doing there is intent behind whatever you are doing you are not moving in a compulsive cycle okay. you are mindful you know why if i'm uh, having water i'm not having water because somebody told me that I should mm. have five glasses of water in exactly, a day. Exactly. I should have water. What What does, in fact, what does Ayurveda say about water? Ayurveda is very uh -huh. clear and very simple. Have water when you are thirsty. Your body will ask for it. True. Don't have water because somebody told you five bottles of water a day. Your body might not need it. If your body yes. is not asking for it, you understand how to listen to your body. That is what mindfulness is. So when I am thirsty, I will have water. But if I'm not thirsty, no matter how many people tell me having water, and this has this is a personal experience. I, yeah. as a kid also, I had very, very less water. And okay. even as I grew up, I worked in corporates. We used to have all these BMI camps and this and that uh -huh. assessment. 
So, you know, they would just assess and they would just tell me that, oh, your skin is very nice. Your water intake must be good. And I told them, no, Mm -hmm. I hardly have water. In fact, it's very, very less. And that time I didn't understand Ayurveda and I didn't know about it. They would just really literally force me that that's not right. You must have water. And And I used to think that, you know, when I have water, when I'm not thirsty, I actually mm-hmm. used to feel uneasy and bloated just by water. And only when I learned Ayurveda, I understood that, yes, my body actually doesn't need, my body type is such that I don't need that much of water, which is why that extra water that I'm having is just making me feel bloated. Absolutely. So why am I doing this to myself? That's how you become mindful. And, you know, to understand that water is also, you would Water can make you gain weight. Water can actually yes. make you gain weight because yes. everything that goes inside you has to go through the process of digestion. Water bhi digest karna hai aapki body ko. Exactly. Aap extra exactly. Dal, aap koi bhi cheez apni requirements extra le rahe ho, it will create problem for it you. It will create problems. So why are you doing this? As an athlete, somebody might need that much of hydration. True. You may not. You are sitting in an AC office all day long. Absolutely. You don't feel yes. thirsty. But don't have water. Yeah. No, very, very rightly said. And talked about mindfulness. We talked about about certain food items. And specifically now that we are in this busy world where we do not have time. So how do we actually integrate mindfulness with our busy lives? We become mindful about our busy lives. You know, that's where it starts. The biggest misconception about this whole mindfulness is that people just assume it is about taking out one hour, sitting for meditation and everybody's not Uh, cut out for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How we include, like, how can a yoga practice make you more mindful? For that one hour, even if you are doing physical practice, if you've been to a yoga class yourself, we practice being mindful on the mat. So if you are practicing a posture... You pay attention to how your breath is flowing. You pay attention to what is happening with your body. We ask you to, you know, cleanse certain muscles, release, feel your breath, feel what is happening. So these are small things that are naturally making you mindful. Now you do this. So you are attending a yoga class for one hour every day. And for that one hour, we keep prompting you and we tell you how to, you know, pay more attention to your mat. The way your body is on the mat, you let your mind also be on the mat. If your mind wanders here and there, you bring your thoughts back to your body. That's all. Observe your body and just feel what is happening. That is the simplest way. Now you do this day on day, day on day, every day in a yoga class. What happens in your brain? Your brain is wired in such a way. Now brain is also a muscle. You're being so, when you are being mindful during a yoga class, say for one hour every day, a certain amount of activities happening in your brain. Yes. There are some signals passing here and there. The muscles of your brain are working in a certain way. Exactly how it happens in asanas. Physically, if you keep practicing one thing, it becomes a muscle memory. Absolutely. Same yes. thing happens with your brain. You be mindful okay. one hour every day in a yoga class, mindfulness will start becoming a natural muscle memory yeah, for yeah. your brain. So next yes. time when you pick up a coffee or something, you might your brain will work a little more mindfully. Uh, exactly. So that's where it starts. That's a very base level. 
and from there through whatever we are telling you talking about uh, you you basically uh, you know trigger people in the right direction and once they get that direction uh, they will mindfully seek more and then you can take their journey because everybody is not meant to have the same journey you know you can't have Absolutely. 10 people in a yoga class and all 10 want to become yogis all 10 don't Very want to true. become yogis so our Very job true. is to enhance their life in whatever way if you want to eventually go to the himalayas become a yogi will help you with that if you want okay. to stay and live a balanced life healthy life yeah. will help you with that nobody is pushing anybody Absolutely. to become spiritual very true and very true. Uh, and it should not be done it cannot be done like that everyone's journey exactly. is different and we need to understand yes. and uh, take people the way they are and help them just enhance their experience of life whatever they might want to experience so picking up from this question itself where we talked about mindfulness and yoga and today yoga is primarily viewed as an exercise majority of the people people are involved in yoga who are try to do certain poses which they would have mastered over, over the years so it becomes very difficult for someone who is not a yoga practitioner to even try and think about doing yoga because the kind of mindset that has come into most people is yoga is only for flexible bodies which may not posters, be true which we put absolutely. on our posts absolutely so i want to understand from you is yoga only for flexible bodies and if not what exactly people should try and do oh so, uh, to the contrary yoga is for everybody the very good there is something in yoga which will be there for you if now if you are an aged person who maybe yes. cannot even sit on the ground doesn't yeah. mean you can't practice yoga we will make you do pranayams exactly. maybe exactly. we will make you do mudras there is something for everyone and it's a journey it's a slow process having said that uh, trust me when i say this human body is the most dynamic body a human mind True. is the most dynamic mind out of all of the creatures yes. because we have a conscious and we are aware to up to that level uh-huh. and your the human mind or body can achieve anything which is why you see so many complicated postures because you will see it is almost inhuman to do that but people are yeah. doing that because if the mind and the body have understood how to work together you can achieve anything honestly and uh, yoga can help you do that is that the purpose of yoga no but i don't see any harm in people practicing yoga only for physical benefits or for mental peace or for spiritual growth anything whatever is your purpose you find a practice that is suitable to that purpose and you practice whether that pulls you in a direction where you are supposed to go towards spirituality because ultimate goal of yoga is spiritual it is spiritual, not about the yeah. physical why we start with the physical is because this is what we have through this we are supposed to achieve uh, now uh, like my master from whom i have learned a lot spiritual master he always says uh-huh. he gives a very good hardcore physical practice and his thing is very clear that you know even if you are looking for spirituality and everything if your body is not ready to go to the himalayas 
तुम पहुंचते पहुंचते ही फेंट हो गए तो आगे यू नो कहा मिलोगे भगवान से सो वी स्टार्ट विथ फिजिकल बिकॉज दिस इज द ग्रॉस लेवल एंड एंड यू नो अगेन दर इज अ कॉन्सेप्ट ऑफ पंच कोशा दिस इज आर आउटर मोस्ट कोशा and we go okay. layer by layer inwards deeper till we reach the core uh, but if the outermost okay. layer is so disturbed now i say that i want to do meditation why do yeah. we start with asanas and not directly with meditation because uh-huh. for meditation i am required to sit in a certain posture very comfortably for 1 hour if my body is not ready to for it if i have not trained my body to be stable in one posture for an yeah. hour how will i meditate if i am sitting and there is discomfort in my knee my back is paining my mind will go to the pain how will i focus on being mindful or you know meditative so there is a reason why everything is working together and there is a reason why we start with the physical and it's absolutely normal so in a proper yogic practice you first start with cleansing activities why because okay. again the physical is also about letting the pranic energy flow properly and today we are living in these times if you see patanjali yoga sutras don't talk about any shuddhi kriyas why because mm-hmm. at that point people didn't need shuddhi kriyas they were having good yes. food they were breathing good air yeah. their body did not have impurity True. and then hatha yoga came and then shuddhi kriyas also were introduced why that's the history of yoga that's how it went forward Uh, there mm-hmm. are more shuddhi kriyas required now in today's date because on a daily basis you're inhaling so much of pollution that there are impurities in your body so once yeah if you don't clear them how will the pranic energy flow you got a lot of blockages yes. inside so Absolutely. there is a very simple logic towards how whatever we are practicing in yoga or in ayurveda and to understand that is becoming mindful to understand why you are doing what you are doing and then do it mindfully and with intent so the moment you add intention to any practice you will be able to manifest the benefits much better so would you also be able to share a couple of uh, inspiring stories for all of us to learn more about uh, ayurveda and yoga inspiring stories i am myself most inspired by uh, <laughs> so i'll just say what keeps me attached to yoga ayurved fascinated yeah. me and i'm like i hope i am able to learn more and more yoga i feel uh, i think the biggest pull that i uh, found in yoga was that there is always something more to learn the learning okay. doesn't stop so agar aap uh-huh. if you see the texts or so many where so many places it's mentioned there are 84 lakh asanas apparently yeah yes so it could take a whole lifetime and you may still not know all the asanas so there is always something more and this used to happen True. in our class also you know you've achieved a posture and then suddenly your master will be like acha ho gaya now do it like this same posture and we'll be like oh no <laughs> So you you're like in a posture and now they'll be like now jump and come into the posture and you're like what? So there is always the next level to achieve, the next thing to learn, yeah. and that is what I find very uh, uh, pulled towards because otherwise I tend to get bored. Uh, if you keep repeating the <laughs> same thing and there's nothing new happening, yeah. then you will get bored. So yoga stay yes. bored ni osakti me, so it keeps me. active and you know inquisitive to learn more to know more 
uh, and other than that uh, i feel if honestly if the end game is moksha then until i achieve it there is always uh, scope to grow so i think uh, the scope for growth in anything is what keeps people aligned and attached to it any kind of work i'm just talking about yoga is that for me but for any other kind of work if you see whether it is arts crafts yeah. uh, any kind of work yeah if you see yourself growing till the time you see that growth you will keep feeling that passion towards it Absolutely, the moment yes. you that gets saturated and you feel there's no higher uh, place to go uh, that's when you lose interest so true that for me is a uh, yoga and uh, ayurveda again such a deep science and uh, fascinated me completely so i hope i continue to integrate the both and use the both for self growth and for helping others as well uh, inspiring stories I, i think for me i derive my inspiration from smaller things more than any bigger stories okay so if uh, you know a student just coming back and saying that uh, you know i feel more grounded or i feel i feel so happy after the class even if i'm stressed i know that after the class i'll feel good uh, more than weight loss stories or more than you know and i have of course so many students have lost weight so many students have you know their diseases have been managed well thyroid and things like yeah, that yeah. Uh, blood reports have come better all of those things but uh, i derive my inspiration from the other things when they say that they feel more peaceful or uh, they've uh, learned something new and it is impacting their life the way they live and uh, even my master used to say this a lot and i think it makes a lot of sense to me also that how you judge that you are becoming a better yoga practitioner or a real yogi or going towards that improving towards that is not by the satisfaction that you feel but others around uh-huh. you should start feeling the difference in the way you operate true, true. and yeah. that has been an experience as well of course through practice through teaching through learning and through the journey i have seen so much change in myself but more than that when people say that you know you sound different or you sound more sorted or more grounded and you know getting more clarity and you feel that so yes. that impact yes. on your life on your core exactly. when that happens exactly. that is what uh, inspires me i think more than the statistics of it <laughs> so, uh, i would also want to understand about chakra healing you are a chakra healer so okay. is there any connection between uh, yoga and chakra uh, healing chakras are part of uh, yoga education itself uh, chakras are basically okay. energy centers Yeah. Uh, six uh, chakras are the main chakras uh, that have been specified in most texts having said that uh, there are lots hundreds of chakras in the body but these six are main along your spine yes uh, spine itself uh, holds immense importance in yoga uh, spiritually also and otherwise also it is the main you know support system for your physical body uh, other yes. than that Uh, spiritually also very significant mentally also very significant anatomically 
the spine is directly connected to the nervous system the nerves from your spine yeah. directly go to your nervous system so whenever you get a spine injury it impacts your brain it impacts your functioning true, which is why true, you true. will see that a lot of uh, paralysis and these things happen if you get your spine injured so which is why like i said yoga is about alignment so yeah. when we are making you sit in certain postures we are basically all the time asking you to keep your spine straight spine straight and uh, it's almost magical in fact uh, i say this tell this a lot in my corporate uh, workshops or talk posture is so important because if your so, spine is aligned correctly a lot of your lifestyle diseases will not happen it is preventive exactly just yeah. through your posture just through your posture yes. uh, so then uh, coming back to chakras along this spine chakras are basically energy centers now again all these things are not physical aspect right True. Uh, when we say they are energy centers energy cannot be seen yes exactly yes energy is what you feel you cannot see yes. it so, absolutely which is again why people have you know issues in accepting these concepts but if they experience it and experiment on themselves they will see the difference on their own so if if i dissect true, your true. spine the chakras in rainbow colors are not going to come out of it but absolutely uh, but these are these have been mentioned after so much of uh, research and experience of great yogis and sages and saints and uh, we don't ask you to believe us we ask you to experience it once the true. experience is real for you you will believe it right so you will be able to hold it longer uh, knowing anything is through experience i yes. can read about yes. certain things i can tell you that if you touch fire your hand is going to burn but unless you touch it you will not believe me it will not very be real true. for you very so true. all of these things are very experiential chakra healing the way it happens it's it's not like a doctor patient situation where i just magically uh-huh. heal you the way any yogic healing happens is that i guide you and okay. you do the job you okay. experience it you share your experience and that's how we heal so i okay. understand okay. which chakras okay. are uh-huh. imbalanced and i tell you yeah. what to do to balance it i give you the asanas i give you the guided meditations i walk yeah. you through it i am the support but you are yes. the person who's going to have to do it and you are the person who's experiencing it and this is why yoga practices make you more mindful because you are in charge of your own body uh-huh, so uh-huh. i can teach okay. you asanas but you have to do it right yeah exactly all yogic healing happens in the same way uh, we teach you we help you we guide you through but you are in charge so everything will depend on how deeply you have understood how well you are practicing yes. and how honest you are being with your practice so uh, that's basics of chakra healing that brings us to the last question for today's uh, podcast and could you share top 3 recommendations that you would have for anyone who wants to start their mindfulness journey i would just say that one start by giving yourself maybe half an hour of of free okay. time in a day uh-huh. uh there are different techniques of becoming mindful you know there's journaling there is there are so many things True. i would say yoga class is the easiest because you follow the, the instructions and it's easy 
फिजिकल इज द इजिएस्ट टू कॉनकॉर्ट विद फिजिकल एंड वाई योगा वाई नॉट एनी अदर एक्सरसाइज आई वुड से बिकॉज अगेन अदर एक्सरसाइजेज और इन अ जिम यू आर नेचुरली नॉट मोर माइंडफुल बिकॉज यू आर ऑन अ ट्रेडमिल एंड यू आर फिजिकली डूइंग समथिंग कान में गाने चल रहे हैं माइंड इज समवेयर एल्स और डू एनी अदर प्रैक्टिस विच विथ फुल फोकस इन बट गिव योर सेल्फ हाफ एन आवर डेली टू डू एनी एक्टिविटी विच मेक्स यू मोर माइंडफुल इट कुड बी योगा इट कुड बी एन आर्ट क्लास इट कुड बी अ पॉटरी क्लास एनीथिंग इट कुड बी अ हॉबी क्लास बट जस्ट जस्ट डू गिविंग योर सेल्फ दैट हाफ एन आवर टू डिसकनेक्ट विद एवरीथिंग एल्स एंड फोकस ऑन वन सर्टन थिंग ऑफ योर ओन इंटरेस्ट दैट वुड बी अ गुड वे टू स्टार्ट विद योर माइंडफुलनेस If possible, please practice yoga. It helps. And uh, physical exercise, even if not yoga, uh, physical exercise of any sort should be included. Movement should be included in your daily routine because wow. you need to be physically active and healthy for mindfulness also to happen. If your Absolutely. physical body is in pain or is in distress, uh, it is. your mind will always be focused on the pain and on the distress so it is yes. very difficult to make a disturbed mind focus on something else or something positive third i think people should become more mindful about the content that they are watching because True. content we are spending a lot of time on our phones and on social media multimedia yes. and there's a lot of content out there i always say this and i think i written about it also somewhere food is not just what we eat everything that we are consuming True. is food yeah so yeah. even the content which we are watching we are consuming it our brain is consuming yeah. it yeah. we are processing it and all yes. of these things have a very very deep impact on our life yes. so just becoming more mindful and this is how algorithms work also you watch one funny True. thing or one silly thing on your any app Absolutely. Instagram ya kuch bhi, and you get so many pop up with the same exactly. kind of content. Exactly. Of similar nature. Yes. So if you really want to become mindful, watch some. एक दो दिन माइंडफुल वाली चीजें वॉच कर लो फिर अपने आप ट्रिगर होगा लेट दी एल्गोरिदम डू इट्स जॉब बट बी वेरी माइंडफुल ऑफ द थिंग्स यू आर वॉचिंग यू नो लॉट्स ऑफ पीपल हैव दिस हैबिट ऑफ वॉचिंग टीवी बिफोर गो टू गोइंग टू बेड Yeah, and uh, watching aggressive content, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, it further disturbs your mind. You will not sleep well that night. Uh, these are true, very small true. things, but I think becoming mindful of the content you're watching can make a huge difference because we are spending a lot of time on content these days. So make sure you watch positive content that will start making you more mindful. Hopefully. So yeah, these would be top. Thank you so much, Apeksha. It's a brilliant speaking with you, and you answered all the questions with so much of patience and depth. I really appreciate this, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. It was a great experience. Hope to get to do more of, share more of positive content that people can mindfully watch. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Fitness Pro Chat by Fit Aerobic. We hope you had key takeaways from today's episode and learned something new. Don't forget to download and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. In the meantime, 
reach out to us on Instagram at FitAerobic or through our website, FitAerobic.com. And remember, failures will only make you strong and better learned. Take care, stay healthy, and live a fulfilling life with FitAerobic. Fit Aerobic.